Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 93. It is Tuesday, September 18th. Joined with Zach Henson, as always, Zach of H&F Industries. How are you doing? Doing well. I figured I'd throw your, uh, your team name out there in case people forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like anybody's going to forget. Uh, it's episode 93, Zach. And like I said, today is, uh, I said Tuesday. It's actually Wednesday. I'm, I'm getting all thrown off this week. It is Wednesday the 19th. And the reason we are recording on Wednesdays is because it took me a couple of years to realize, but our, uh, our fab system, I guess it turns over on Wednesday morning. Yeah, it just gives you a full day after all, you know, the last game for Monday Night Football and kind of let the dust settle and everybody decide which moves they want to make um, all day Tuesday and, and see where, what happens on Wednesday. So expect recordings Thursday morning sometime. It's just kind of a PSA. Yeah. So episode 93, two defensive players came to mind here, one current and one former player. The former player is a former Titan. Of course, I have those in mind. Kyle Vandenbosch, KBB, the guy, uh, what I remember about Kyle Vandenbosch, Zach, and maybe you do too, is he had those red contacts that he would wear on game day. Do you remember the story about KBB? Yeah, I remember that. Man, he was a freak. And he wasn't the freak. That was uh, Javon Curse, as we know. But Kyle Vandenbosch, 58 sacks, 24 fumbles, and 11 seasons. Played five of those with the Titans and was uh, selected to the Pro Bowl in 2005, 2007, and 2009. Mentioned the red contacts. I also remember KVB. I saw him playing putt-putt at Nashville Shores when I was a kid. And uh, he, he didn't have those red contacts then, so I wasn't as intimidated by him. <laughs> But uh, the current 93 is actually an opponent of the Titans this week. And the only reason I even mentioned him was because I just, with the exception of this year, of course, because we've talked about it already, but Calais Campbell, defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is usually a member of Jordan Iwanazan's Isaiah 4031. Calais Campbell, though, one of the best players in the NFL, 72 sacks and 11 forced fumbles through 10 seasons, and is also a three-time pro bowler. Zach, do you think Campbell finds his way on Jordan's team at some point this year? I don't even know. I don't even know if Jordan's listening, you know, and and uh, he didn't do it at all last year, and he had an MVP season, so he, pr- he probably won't this year. All right, also 93 is uh, my birth year. So, yeah, great year, 1993 for the Pace family and for everyone that's graced my presence over the last 25 years, so you're welcome. Wow. Yep, 1993, a great year. Also, I'm pretty sure that was – I would say it was a good year for Michael Jordan. Uh, but, man, from, like, 1987 to 1999, pretty much every year in between was a good year for MJ. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so let, let's move on here, Zach. And besides going through that list there, what was the best part of your week? Uh, best part of my week was we went to Dollywood, and Winnie was just tall enough to ride a bunch of the rides, and uh, we were – she actually got to ride the scrambler and oh, nice. we recorded her reaction. Cause I didn't know if she's going to, you know, freak out or be scared. That girl, she screamed the entire time. Like she loved it. Oh, and, good. Uh, she screamed, <laughs> you know, for the entire ride. It's, it's pretty funny, but uh, I don't know what everybody else thought that was on the ride with us, but yeah, right. that, it was fun. Uh, we all had a good time. Yeah, probably disappointed you didn't see my family. They're at Dollywood like 51 weekends out of the year, and you just missed them. They weren't there. Yeah, I texted 
you know, I texted you saying there was a good chance I'd see your dad. I didn't see him, but I did get to go get some of the cinnamon bread there, which is uh, amazing. So we yeah, have- always the cinnamon bread, always a favorite. Yes. Um, best part of my week, and Zach, you and I texted about this, but I think it was uh, Friday morning. So right after we recorded, the day after we recorded last week's episode, I, uh, a buddy of mine that I work with was like, hey, man, did you see the tweet that uh, Dell just put out, the Dell Nashville Twitter account? I said, no, I get on there. And it basically was the easiest possible way I could win Titans tickets to last week's game against the Texans. And basically, I just responded to a tweet, and I texted you, Zach, and I basically kind of like Babe Ruthed my free tickets. I told, I kind of called my shot. And, uh, yeah, won free tickets to the Titans game. Um, was not – I was excited about it because it was the home opener. But, you know, I knew there was a good chance Blaine Gabbert would start. So – uh, a little pessimistic walking into it, and then they pulled off what I would call an upset. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I didn't see there was any chance of you losing this uh, contest. How many entries were there? Uh, zero. Besides mine, zero. I was the only one on Twitter, at least, that oh, okay. uh, res- responded. Gotcha. Um, and so it was kind of funny. They, uh, you know, we, we they, they told me when they sent me the free tickets at work, they said, hey, just make sure you take, like, a picture – and, you know, tweet at the Dell Nashville account. That'd be cool. Like, give us, you know, a little pub or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I sent that picture in. And then the next day, so Monday at work, they sent out, like, the, the Nashville site-wide uh, email distro. It has probably, like, 500 people on it. They emailed or they sent out that tweet that I put out there. So my face, this picture of me and my roommate's been blasted out to, like, 500 people. I'm like, oh, gosh. So uh, best and worst part of the week, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but with that, Zach, let's move on and let's get to the good stuff. Let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. I don't even know if it's closed, Zach, but the biggest news, besides the crazy Vontae Davis story, we can talk about that, but the biggest bit of news for this week, at least, was Josh Gordon, uh, the former Cleveland Browns receiver, was traded to the uh, New England Patriots for a conditional uh, 2019 fifth round pick. And so Josh Gordon, you know, belongs to East coast wombats and, and is now a Patriot. Zach, what did you think of this trade? And uh, what was kind of your reaction when you heard the news? Well, we were on our way back from Dollywood that Saturday night and Brian texted me and he said, did you hear that the Browns are releasing Josh Gordon? And I was driving. Um, so I couldn't even check anything, you know, and uh, tune in, to the radio start trying to find something on the radio and I hear him talking about it I honestly I just thought it was a drug relapse like I just thought you know alcohol whatever it was that he was in before that's what it was um what was your initial reaction yeah I I had no clue I thought he would get released I I didn't think that anyone would actually trade because if, if a team announces that they're releasing a player and then they put him on the trade block like what incentive does another team have to give up anything if they know they can just sign him you know what I mean yeah and so I just thought some team is going to overspend and, uh, you know, just sign him the next day when he's available. So I had no clue where he was going. I mean, everyone's first reaction, of course, when a, when a high name receiver is available is, Oh, new England, you know, Belichick will change him. And so I was like, you know, there's just no way that's going to happen. It happens too often. It's a tired storyline. And then it happened. So, uh, Tom Brady was seen whining at his receivers during like the first two weeks of the season already. You know, he's getting upset with guys like Hogan and, and Coral Patterson who are dropping passes. So 
I think this is a thing to kind of appease Tom Brady, give him like a deep threat. And, you know, he may be the best deep threat with, you know, the Patriots have had since Randy Moss. So yeah, it's uh, just, we'll see. The whole, the whole thing was just bizarre to me. I mean, why, I just don't understand why you just basically announced that you're going to release him, you know, on Monday and not try and trade him. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, there's a market for him. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll trade him. You know, like that, that was really weird to me. Why would you crush the trade value? Unless it's just the Browns being the Browns. Why would well, you not, why would you not trade him first? You know? And, and the rumor is that Josh Gordon, he didn't show up to practice Friday because of a hamstring injury and it was not football related. Apparently he was, he was filming like some kind of promo and, uh, tore his hamstring doing that, so or pulled it rather. So, yeah. I, I, you know, the whole this whole story is strange, Zach. I feel like every single episode since like June, you and I have talked about uh, the wide receiver position for the Patriots. Whether it was Jordan Matthews getting cut, we'll talk about him later, or Eric Decker. It just there's been a lot of transactions, a lot of news. Julian Edelman around the Patriots receiver group. And so they, they trade for Josh Gordon while they did that, they demoted Corey Coleman to the practice squad. So who knows what's going to happen there. Julian Edelman's back after next week anyway. So uh, this could be a moot point, but yeah, giving Tom Brady some more help that he desperately needs apparently. Yeah. Next bit of news here is uh, Jordan Matthews. So he signs with the Philadelphia Eagles and he signs with H and F industries. So you and Brian picked up Jordan Matthews after he was signed by the Eagles. This comes after Mike Wallace, uh, the receiver in Philly is sent to IR with a broken fibula that he fractured against the Buccaneers last week. Zach, why what went into the decision for H and F to sign Jordan Matthews right away? We just had a spot to burn. And, uh, you know, I figure in that offense, if he, somehow was to man the slot it was worth a shot not costing us anything so just taking a flyer man the slot worth a shot I like the rhyme there um Jordan Matthews he's back in Philadelphia with you know the team that drafted him he was traded to the Bills from Philly and then now he's signed again by the team uh that drafted him after he's already had a hamstring injury this offseason so who knows what'll happen there but you know, back in Philadelphia with that, uh, the media core that everyone knows in Philly is just, uh, you know, kind of brutally honest and doesn't give a lot of slack to players and coaches. But, you know, Matthew stood by his locker. He talked to reporters on Wednesday after he was signed. And he had this to say about Buffalo, New York, the town where he married his wife and had uh, their first child together. He said this. He said, when I was in Buffalo, there was like nothing to do there except have fun with your wife. She got pregnant. So we always we we always say we got a buffalo baby. Ain't nothing to do there except each other. Wow, that, that was like the quote of the day for me. <laughs> like I probably could have saved that as the tweet of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't expect anything else like that kind of eloquent response. I wouldn't expect anything else from a, a Vandy grad. So Zach, best of luck with with Jordan Matthews with the Eagles. Appreciate it. And then some injuries here. We'll keep it short. Uh, the, the biggest injury of the week, I would say, is Joe Mixon starting running back for the Cincinnati Bengals member of Dragon Energy. I don't think, believe it was a torn meniscus, but he had surgery on it following that Thursday night game with the Ravens and is out two to four weeks. So uh, Rich will, will uh, patiently wait as Joe Mixon returns in a couple weeks here. And then I thought this was funny. I've actually not seen this yet, but I, I looked today at the injuries in Yahoo, 
And Le'Veon Bell, of course, of the Steelers, a member of Allman Brothers, listed on the injury list as a contract dispute. Have you seen that injury before? No, I have not seen that. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. So that was a new one. Just uh, really, I mean, of note, two running backs in the AFC North to mention there in Nixon and Bell. Yeah. And so uh, there's a, there's, and and, uh, who else? Um, LaShawn McCoy with the ribs too. So that's another running back. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's like at this point, I don't even know what to mention about the bills. I don't know if they're worth mentioning on a, on a fantasy football podcast. It's honestly not, but so yeah, just kind of erase that from your memory. Sorry. No, you're good. So we'll move on here. We'll talk about our league and do a trip around CMB. Zach, let's recap real quickly here. Week two in our league. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine the all pro list would top week one, but Zach, what is the all pro team following week two? All pro team for week two. We have Mahomes coming in for the top quarterback, 48.10 points. And Kev- Kevin had him. Um, I think he started him. I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, then we have uh, Diggs at wide receiver for strong side, 35.90 points. Then Adam Thielen, we have him. He had 31.10 points. Uh, top running back is Todd Gurley with Greg, 32.30 points. And then Melvin Gordon with uh, Chase for 30.60. Your top tight end with Travis Kelsey, 29.90 points for the All- Almond Brothers. And then your top player at the flex position was Smith-Schuster. Uh, for the Tecmo Power Runners with 31.10. Your top kicker was Crosby, strong side, 19 points. Top DST was Chicago, who have been on fire, uh, 22 points for the Almond Brothers. And then your top IDPs, Darius Leonard, 29.50 points. Kiko Alonzo, which I know Kevin was very happy about, 22.25. Sean Williams, a safety for Cincinnati, 20.50. Prince. Amuka Mara, Amuka Mara, 18 points. He's a free agent. And then Shaquille Griffin, 17.50 points. He's a free agent. Bringing your total to 387.75, which is way, 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 way short of uh, week one where we had 449. Yeah, I, I figured it would be a huge drop-off. I mean, the quarterback still had a big week. I, I think the top three, you mentioned Mahomes, probably followed by Roethlisberger and then Fitzmagic, right? Yeah, I know. Roethlisberger was next. I'm not sure about third, but it's got to be Fitz. Yeah, so I, I think I picked up Fitz Magic. It was really late Saturday night, and I moved him into my starting lineup Sunday morning. I know people are just dying to hear about this story, but I was I was at the tailgate at the Titans game, and I kind of just had to make a decision. I didn't know Mariota's status at the time, and I was like, either way, we're rolling with Fitz Magic, and it got me a win over Greg. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I saw you pick him up, and I thought, you know, if, if you got room for it, Give it a shot because you never know. Um, but Fifth Magic was not number three, and he was not number four. Any guesses at number three and number four? Once Mahomes, Roethlisberger's number two with 46.50. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, number three with 41.75. And then Philip Rivers? Nope. Uh, it's not Andy Dalton, is it? Nope. Titans are playing him next. Oh, Blake Bortles. Wow. Bortles with 40.35 points and then Fitzpatrick with 38. So let's, let's talk about, so following the all pro here, standings have changed obviously from, from week one to week two heading into week three, Zach, maybe not run through the gamut here of, of the top 14 teams, but maybe let's look at the top here. Who's at the top. Who's at the bottom. 
what are some things that stand out looking at the standings after two weeks? Yeah, really, let's just say the top. Uh, we have three undefeated teams remaining, and that's Dragon Energy at number one, Techno Power Runners at number two, and then West Coast Wombats at number three. Um, and then bringing up the rear, and these guys are all 0-2, and, and man, coming, up, coming back from 0-3 is tough, you know, yep. an 0-3 start. Um, you've got Greco, and then Almond Brothers, and then in last place, your worst nightmare. Which, being in last place, is your worst nightmare. Yes. So, he is uh, not having a good time right now. One thing I noted there, too, is – so, the teams, the top two picks in the draft, Greg and the Allman Brothers, they're in the bottom three. Yeah. Yep. So, that's – I mean, of course, we're, we're through two weeks, so you can't make a whole lot of inferences there. But uh, I just thought that was kind of an interesting nugget. Yeah. Um, and, and also, these guys at the bottom have all had very, very tough schedules. Yes. Uh, point for, or points against them are very high compared to everybody else. Um, even the guys at the top. Tecmo's had the easiest ride of all with only mm-hmm. 280 points against them. So they, they haven't had anybody. Everybody else is above 300 at least. So uh, they've just 12 through 14 there. They've just had a, a rough schedule so far. Well, I appreciate you telling or saying that uh, Greg's had a tough schedule so far, seeing as I just played him. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, so Zach, let's just real quickly here go through the Pick'em Challenge. Who's at, who's standing at the top, and maybe let's shame some people who didn't pick last week. Yeah, so uh, we had. Let me see how many people we had doing this last week. Again, we had everybody except for James, the Fury, which is uh, Blake, and then Rob. So those three guys just do not care. But Chase is the new leader right now. So Chase, is uh, he's got nine points total. Um, this past week he got five right. We had three guys get five games right, and that was Chase, Matt Collins, and you, Jordan. Um, so J- Chase is number one. Matt Collins is number two. And then Pace, you are number three with Kevin White tied right there. So. Hey, one thing I wanted to, to mention as well, this is not fab-related, so I'm not like spoiling anything from our Show Me the Money segment, but – I I looked and last week I remember Zach we when we were going through the the matchups from week two when we got to ECW when we got to the East Coast Wombats you you didn't really shame them into this but I remember you saying something to the effect of Ross and Reed have got to get Aaron Donald out of their lineup they've got to drop him from their team and before the week started uh, sure enough Aaron Donald dropped from ECW so I, I, I like to say or I like to think at least that that you had a play in that that you shamed them into dropping Aaron Donald you no. want to take credit yeah I have no idea um, did Aaron Donald like score 30 points or something no they just before the before the week even started they dropped Aaron Donald so oh, okay. one bad week and and he was cut uh, so let's move on and let's let's preview week three. Uh, before we can do that, we need to talk about the trades and the fab recap. So one trade last week, and it's worth mentioning because there was a couple of big names here, but uh, another week that involves H&F. This is your second trade of the season, Zach? Yeah, yeah, our second trade. Uh, first one really of note, right? Because the other one I think just involved IDPs and, and, and the defense, but – uh, H&F sends Saquon Barkley, Eric Ebron, and Michael Crabtree to the East Coast Wombats, and this is for Dalvin Cook, Johnny Smith, and Josh Gordon. 
Zach, give me kind of the rundown, a quick review. I know you love the actual trade process, probably more so even making the trade, the actual trade itself. Um, so this is kind of like your NFL draft. You love it so much. Give me a review of the trade with uh, Ross and with Reed. What was the communication like, and how did you guys come to this deal? Yeah, um, I think Brown would probably be better to to describe the in and outs of the trade, but um, we just we we like Dalvin Cook, and um, we wanted him in the draft. I think they took him right before us. So we were fans of, of Cook. And then with, with the news of Josh Gordon, um, I'm all in on Josh Gordon. I've got him. I'm in three leagues this year, and I have him in all three leagues. So, um, yeah, we just – they needed a tight end, and uh, we had Ebron, you know, so we are just kind of swapping around. Um, but I'll tell you, it was not easy, you know, making this trade. It took This one took a lot of work. Um, East Coast, FY, if you guys are texting them, they are not the quickest to respond at all. <laughs> I mean this with the best intent, Zach, but I, I think that of all the trades, and we've, we've gotten into the litany about H&F trades in the last couple of years, especially with this podcast being a thing, but really, I mean, this may be the fairest trade, the most kind of even Steven trade I've seen from H&F in recent years, and not, and not even uh, comparing in recent years, but just looking at this one, you know, I think both teams have a lot to gain. Um, you know, I think I think this was a big deal for ECW getting a guy like Saquon Barkley, who you know I think if you, you guys didn't take Saquon, I think he definitely would have gone in the next pick to uh, to ECW. So they got a guy that they probably wanted anyway. And then uh, you guys get a lot to gain possibly in Josh Gordon. So this this feels like a pretty even trade to me. The only thing I'm surprised by, and Jake Stanford actually texted me this I think yesterday is I'm really shocked that they were they, they, they give up Johnny Smith in this trade a week after they spent $36 on him yeah I mean they did spend a lot of money on fab wise but I mean that's not his value you know they they overspent for him right uh, but yeah it is, it is surprising after they did spend that much that they they let him go but Ebron's just been so he's been solid so far you know with Andrew Luck sure and I haven't looked at so is is Johnny Smith would he be the starter for H and F? No, we've got Jordan Reed. That's right. Okay, so Johnny Smith I think is a guy that it's going to take him a couple more weeks to pick this up, and maybe when Mariota comes back it might help him out. But I don't I don't think following the Delaney Walker injury we've even seen the best of Johnny Smith. So um, you know maybe that's down the middle right there too with the tight ends. But I thought this was a pretty good trade all in all for both teams. Um, so we'll, we'll see the results of that. Like I said, a trade in fantasy football is kind of like a first round draft pick in the NFL. Like it's going to take some time for to really know kind of the fruit of what happened from that trade. Trades are fun. You can always talk about them, which is why I think you'd be the perfect person to have the, uh, the etiquette conversation for a yeah. future podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zach, let's move on to your, your new favorite segment. I know, and this is our fab recap. Show me the money. Only two bids ahead of week three in the fab system. I don't really know what to call that. But for fab within our league, only two bids ahead of week three, like I mentioned. Darius Leonard, this is the biggest surprise. You mentioned him as a part of the all-pro team from last week. But a rookie linebacker for the Colts, I believe, was an undrafted, uh, you know, an undrafted player or undrafted rookie this year. Uh, Leonard, linebacker for the Colts, awarded to Kemp's crew for $14. I cannot remember an IDP going for that much in the – 
you know, year and a few weeks that we've been doing fab. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, he had a great game, obviously. And, and anytime you're able to get a linebacker like that, you want to go after him and, um, you know, not due to injury or anything, this guy's just, you know, he's going to be the guy. And, you know, I kind of mentioned it to Brian and Brian said, you know, $6 or something like that to me, I, I remember. And I said, I think that he will go for 11 to $12. And Brian said, okay, 13. And I was like, all right. Yeah. I figured that was high, but I figured, Hey, we'll, we'll go for 13. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't want to give away uh, Ken's career. I don't give away Jake's strategy here. I think maybe he even mentioned this on a podcast once, but he said something to me at the draft uh, this year, a couple of weeks I, back. This is all hashtag collusion, by the way, continue. Well, he just, he told me a couple of weeks ago that his strategy with IDPs and I hadn't really even thought of this point before. Um, it was more so his strategy about tight ends and where to draft them in terms of value. But a, a solid IDP is like a steady tight end in terms of point value. If you can get 15 plus points every week from the same IDP and you're not having to stream IDPs, then you can find tight end level value in like a linebacker, uh, like a guy like Luke Keekley or CJ Mosley, a player like that. So I think he sees that in Darius Leonard uh, through two weeks. And that's why he, he, you know, put down the cash for him. Yeah. H and F spent 13. Like you mentioned, Tecmo $11, big orange bully seven, Greg co seven, uh, pace in your face, six in your worst nightmare, only bidding $2 there, but he goes for 14 to Kemp's crew. Uh, didn't think that a IDP would be the highest spin this week, but it was. And then the next, uh, the only other bid here was Austin Hooper tied in for the Falcons, awarded to your worst nightmare for $6. And the next highest bid was $2 for bigger orange bullies. So two weeks in a row where Kevin has kind of overbid on a player. Uh, but again, you know, you overbid and it's not that big a deal if the player, you know, adds value to your team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I, I truly think that like IDPs, if there's an IDP that is going to go off, it's going to be rare for you to get them cheap. You know, I feel like in the past it was, you know, people kind of went cheap here and there, but I mean, I feel like you need to spend at least five to $10, maybe more, you know, in this situation where a guy has that kind of game. Um, but there were a lot more people spending money too, you know, that just, there was no competition. Uh, we got Ronald Jones back for a dollar. Um, Devondre Campbell went to Jake for three dollars. Jesse James, Big Orange Bullies, five dollars. Um, Austin Hooper, six dollars. Um, or was there competition for Austin Hooper? Other uh, uh, Chase with two dollars. Like I just mentioned. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then uh, Greg picked up uh, Zerlin, Zerline, his uh, replacement kicker, Sam Ficken, I think. For eight, yeah, he spent eight dollars on him. You know, so. What's strange is I'm not seeing that in my in my fab notes here. Yeah, you got to look it up under transactions. So okay. you, can't, you can't click only when you click fab bids. That only shows where there was competition. Got it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. You got to go to the actual transactions and then you see, you know, if there was the ones that didn't have competition are there. So I got you. Well, one thing I'm noticing here too, there's a trend, Zach, and I mentioned these this to you before the show. Zach, who's the one player in our league that maybe not, I wouldn't say was opposed to our new fab system, but was not thrilled about it. Who would you say? I, I really don't know. Jeff Gaw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeff Gaw, who notoriously in the past uh, just got the best free agents. That was, the, you know, that was the strategy for the longest time. 
And looking at this week, I noticed a trend here. So uh, Jeff did not bid on any, I think he maybe they may have bid, he and Rob on, um, like I mentioned with Darius Leonard, they bid $11, was not awarded. But I look here and the transactions, they picked up uh, five players this morning. So we mentioned earlier, Wednesday morning is when waivers clear after the fab. And so Tecmo Power Runners picks up five players starting at 4.15 a.m. No, 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 no. Yes. Okay, he picked Okay, he picked up a player off of waivers. So he didn't put in any money for um, Cleveland or Janoris Jenkins. Yes. So, so Cleveland, Janoris Jenkins at 4.15 in the morning. Yeah. And at 5.02, 5.03, and 5.10 in the morning – they pick up three other uh, IDPs. So they picked up four IDPs before 5.15 in the morning. Yeah, so the one starting at 5 o'clock, 5.02, he's definitely awake picking up the players there for sure. Yes. Yeah, so 4.15 is when I guess waivers run. Got it. Okay, I, that makes more sense. But still, I mean, up at 5.02, you know, early bird gets the worm. No, I'm, I'm asleep at 5 o'clock, so how about it? Yeah, so impressive there. And then I know some, some activity from Greg Co here at 614 getting Ronald Darby there. So I, just, I think that's, that's Tecmo's new strategy. Like Zach just mentioned, go for it. Like if you're going to get up that early, you hey, get Yeah, cook me, give me some eggs going. Maybe bring me some biscuits, uh, eggs scrambled with cheese. You know, maybe I'll come by the house or something like that, Jeff. Cinnamon rolls. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird, Zach. But I remember a comment from you from a previous episode talking about Waffle House's eggs being too fluffy, and I still think that's a terrible take. You know, I need to probably go back. It could have been just that guy that was cooking that day. So probably, I mean, I'm definitely open to giving it another shot. So, but Jeff, yeah, seriously, up at five if you want to, you know, cinnamon rolls, anything like that. I know you, you guys are good with the cookies and ice cream and stuff like that. So I'm always available. Yeah, get the French press going. You yeah. Know make the coffee. Yeah. I, I would love all of that. Yeah. Uh, men do really good breakfast as we've talked about on this podcast. Uh, so one last thing here in this show me the money segment is the fab claims. This, I noticed this as well. I, I thought we'd mention here. So there are four fab claims through the first two weeks. These are players that were signed, not high dollar, but they were signed, had some money spent on them and they've already been dropped by their teams. Okay. So Fred Warner, $1 uh, linebacker for the 49ers. H&F dropped after one week. Dante Moncrief, receiver for the Jags, $2 from IDPs, has already been dropped. Detroit's defense and special teams for IDPs, $1 uh, dropped. And then I dropped Antonio Gates after spending $3. So um, definitely some regrets there from those three teams. Yeah. Yep. All right, Zach, let's keep going with our preview of week three, and let's make our picks. Picks of the week. First matchup here, Zach. This is Strong Side, the eighth-ranked team versus number six, Big Orange Bullies. I'm going to go ahead, Zach. My pick is Strong Side, and I'll tell you why. I like Zeke Elliott against Seattle. It's in their place, but uh, Zeke has rushed for a touchdown already in the first two games. Uh, Stephon Diggs versus Buffalo. Uh, I like Stephon Diggs against the Bills. He's already posted six and 13 target games. Uh, and then, you know, Chase has Leonard Fournette coming off a hamstring injury. Who knows what he'll do there against the Titans, who really, I think, have had really good luck against Fournette uh, or played really well in the first two games of his career. So, and I'm not expecting a lot out of John Brown with the Ravens. It's, he's going to be kind of a hit or miss guy each week with Crabtree and Sneed in the fold. So, my pick is strong side. 
Yeah, I'm going with strong side as well. He's got Fournette, you know, um, injured. So we'll see what happens. And then Aguilar, I'm interested to see how Matthews works into the offense. Um, and you mentioned John Brown as well going up against defense or Denver's defense. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it to strong side. Next one here, West Coast Wombats. Number three, Zach, you sounded a little surprised earlier when you mentioned them in third place, but uh, they're squaring off against the number two team in Tecmo Power Runners. Who, who are you picking this week, Zach? Yeah, I was just surprised. I uh, was talking to Matt today, and um, I just didn't realize that they were un- still undefeated, so that's awesome, you know. Um, but I, this one is – this is close. Uh, I'm going to give it to um, West Coast. I like West Coast as well, and I like, you know, I, I think after they drafted Courtney and Matt, I want to say, you know, Jake and I during the review, we didn't give the most positive review of their draft, and I want to take some things back here. Uh, I like them this week because Derrick Henry has scored a touchdown in three of the four games he's played against the Jags so far in his career. He's had great games against the Jags. Everyone knows what he's done to Jalen Ramsey. And uh, Alvin Kamara against the Atlanta defense this week. I am in love with that matchup. Gonna go um, off. Say that again? I said he's going to go off. Oh, off. Absolutely. I mean, the, the Falcons, they've lost Keanu Neal. They're, start, they're starting safety. Deion Jones out for the season. That's kind of the guy who has covered running backs uh, so far with the Falcons. And then Tack McKinley's not going to play this week either. So I just I, – I like West Coast a lot this week. Yeah, and then they've got um, David Johnson. You know, with Arizona is kind of a mystery. I think I saw today that he's only caught one pass so far, and then they're going up against Chicago. Um, I just – I don't like that matchup. Next one here is Kemp's crew, number seven, my boy, versus the Almond Brothers, 13th-ranked team here. Zach, this is the first one I have a title for, but I'm calling this the this-could-be-you matchup, and this is in relation to Jake. So Almond Brothers, a co-managing team against Jake, who is by himself. Jake's made some comments recently about potentially pairing up. You know, he, he had the comment on Facebook about how he didn't think it was fair that the teams that co-manage – Get to have two picks in the league pick them. So this is the this could be you matchup. Okay. All right. Who you got? Uh Jake, of course. Of course. And well, I like I like Jake this week because I expect just an absolute shootout between the Bucks and the Steelers this week. You know, Big Ben could probably go off again for Jake this week. So uh and and James and Blake, they have three players who are questionable and TY Hilton, uh, Paul Richardson and Jack Doyle. And none of those guys really have lived up to their potential so far anyway, so I just – I like Jake. Yeah, I like Jake's matchups better too. Um, and, you know, especially IDP-wise, getting Leonard and, and some of those guys. Um, but I do like, you know, the Allman brothers, um, their IDPs too, with Chicago going up against Arizona. Sam Bradford's looks t- – he's looked terrible. Yeah. Uh, those offensive matchups up there, I'm going to give it to Jake. I give it two more weeks before Josh Rosen's the starting quarterback with the Cardinals. They need to do something. Something quick. And they also have John Glennon. People forget about that. Excuse me, Mike Glennon. John Glennon writes for The Athletic. All right, Greg Coe, the 12th-ranked team versus Your Worst Nightmare at 14. Uh, I'm actually picking Kevin this week, so I'm going to give it to Your Worst Nightmare. Patrick Mahomes is red hot, and San Francisco's not. So I like Kevin. Mike Evans is going to absolutely torch Pittsburgh's secondary, like I mentioned in that shootout. And, um, you know, Pitts, their secondary for 
the Steelers. That's already been torched a couple of weeks in a row. And then this could be the week that Lindsey and Rashad Penny, they'll separate themselves in the Denver and Seattle running back by committee. So give this one to Kevin. Man, it's tough to go against the number one running back right now in uh, fantasy with Todd Gurley. Um, and I also really like uh, Greg's IDPs. Um, Antoine Bethay has been really good as of late. I want to give it to Greg on this one. A lot of IDPs talk from Zach tonight. I'm surprised by that. There, there you go. <laughs> Next one here, H&F. You guys are the fourth-ranked team squaring off with East Coast Wombats. 10th ranked team might be my matchup of the week just based on history here. Zach, I'm calling this one the tennis ball brawl. Ooh. Man, we should have put something on it like that. That would have been good. But I never see Ross. Yeah. It's sad. I, I mean, the, the early stages, the infamy or the, the infancy, I should say, of this podcast back when we used to host at your old house in the living room, and we would line up Ross on the wall and you'd throw tennis balls at him. I miss those days. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. If Ross was still in town, there would definitely be a tennis ball um, wager on this game for sure. All right. In the tennis ball brawl in week three, I'm actually picking East Coast Wombats. Nothing personal, Zach. I just think Jimmy G has his bounce back game. And it's going to be against Kansas City, who has just an awful secondary. And I think Saquon Barkley is going to make you and Brian regret trading him in the first week following the trade. Yeah, honestly, I had no idea that we were playing each other this week when we made this trade. So (laughs) when I hit the matchup thing, I was like, what? You know, but uh, yeah, I think this will be this will be interesting to see. Um, But but I want to pick us. All right, pace in your face. I'm ranked 11, finally out of last place, man. It, I've been in last place for, what, 10 months, if you count all the way back to last season. Um, so this is I'm out of the basement and playing IDP still suck. The perennial winners of uh, our league are at the top of our league. They're number five right now. Um, this is the This Could Be You Volume 2. So I mentioned that This Could Be You for Greg and the Allman Brothers. I think Jay and Jacob – since they teamed up, they kind of have, have given me that, like, hey, you know, you don't know how much uh, greener the grass is over here being a co-managing team. So this is this could be you, Volume 2. Zach, who do you think wins this one? Uh, I'm going to give it to – I want to give it to you. Um, Russell Wilson's been running for his life. I don't know what the deal is. Deal with – deal is with Antonio Brown right now. Not that you really need to doubt him, but he just hasn't been um, doing particularly well, you know, Antonio Brown level. Um, so just given on some of these matchups, I'm going to give it to you. You got Geo, you know, especially with Joe Mixon out. I like that. So uh, I'll give it to you. Yeah. I'm obviously not going to pick against myself. So pick and pace in your face. You just mentioned the Joe Mixon injury we talked about earlier. And unlike Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard does not have a Giovanni Bernard to take away his carries. So over the next couple of weeks, there isn't a guy that's going to take carries from him like Bernard is for Mixon. So, uh, and then also I'm keeping Fitzmagic in my lineup. I don't know if that's breaking news, but Fitzmagic will be at quarterback for me. And I've got his tight end, O.J. Howard. So I like his matchup against – or their matchup against the Steelers. I got a question. Te- I got yeah. A, what's your facial hair situation right now? I'm actually growing a beard right now. It's yeah. not – I was thinking, you know, when you picked up Fitzpatrick that you should probably let the beard go until you are done with Fitzpatrick. I think that you should just 
it should be all on. You know, throw in some Miracle Grow on the beard. Let's get it going. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna keep it. It's it's actually there's a point in when I've grown beards like this before where it hits a certain wall and then it just goes like really fast. And I think I'm I've hit that point, that stage. So uh, I'm keeping them in and I'm keeping the beard. And I'm keeping Tevin Coleman in my flex spot, who is supposed to be the number one back again without uh, Devontae Freeman. So, patient your face wins. Okay. Last matchup here, and this is – let's just call this the rivalry of the week. I don't know how much of a rivalry this actually is. But before we make our picks, Zach, let's, uh, let's talk with one of the teams in this matchup. I'm talking about Jordan Iwanis and Isaiah 4031 against our next guest, Ryan Risher of Dragon Energy. It's time for the Call of the Week. Zach, this next guest could not have joined the podcast at a better time. Riding in first place is Ryan Risher of Dragon Energy. Rish joins the show. Rish, first of all, congratulations on the hot start. How are you doing? No surprise at all. I mean, I wasn't shocked. I knew it was going to happen. Um, I, were, were you surprised by this? I mean, I, I'm not. No, i not surprised. The draft was great. Not surprised at all. I'm pretty sure you had the best draft according to our draft software that we use, the draft app. Uh, so, Rich, no one's surprised. No one should be, at least. So, congrats to your hot start. You're welcome. Hey, Rich, real quick. we I, I introduced you as the owner of Dragon Energy. Please explain the team name. What made you come up with this? And uh, what is kind of the motto for Dragon Energy this year? Um. That, that's kind of the problem with my team names. They never really make any sense. Um, but of course that was, you know, I, I tried to reach out to uh, Jacob um, and, and try to get him to join forces with me earlier this year. Um, Cause he's kind of like my Kanye and I'm kind of like the Donald's. And I thought, wow, we could really be an amazing team. And he denied it. So I was like, you know what, that would make a perfect team name anyways. So I stuck with dragon energy. It just seemed to really, Whoa. go with my whoa. Uh, whoa. my team flow hold on hold on you really asked jake to team up yeah i did i thought like we had the same draft strategy i thought we would team up and um you know i already had the relationship with him and his mom and i just thought you know <laughs> it would work out and you know he denied it so you know um i was a little shocked uh that's it that, you know anyways here we are Hey, you said you and Jake have similar draft strategies. One thing I don't think was similar was I'm not sure Jake would have traded the number two overall pick to the Almond Brothers like you did. What was behind the decision there, Rish, on draft night? I know maybe five, ten minutes before the draft, you were talking to me about wanting to trade that pick. I kind of thought you were kidding. Uh, what was your thinking and your reasoning behind uh, trading away the number two pick? What I did with that is I tried to break it down. I mean, I, I knew at that point it's either going to be – I was assuming that Gurley was going to go one and then Bell would be number two. And, and I kind of tried to lay it out and I looked at if I could move up, I could get for the next, for the first four rounds of the draft, I could have quality players and move up, you know, because if you look, when you get back towards the end of the second round, I mean, the, the quality of interior players, like the value drops tremendously. So I was able to go back and get a guy like AJ Green that I wouldn't have been able to get at the end of the round. And then in the fourth round, I was able to get a guy like Joe Mixon, who probably wouldn't have been on the board, even though his injury kind of has hit up. But I was able to get more quality players early in the draft. I mean, I'm not sure you can pin it all on the one trade, but it's, it's worked in your favor so far. Dragon Energy, Ryan Richter sitting in first place, 13th place, the, tr the team he traded with, the Allman Brothers. So uh, it looks like it's worked out through two weeks. 
you know, it really has. It's great to start out 3-0. and This is my favorite week. Uh, the week I played uh, Jordan Awana Center, as we like to call it in the league, bye week. Um, <laughs> you know, just a really good start uh, for, for Dragon Energy. Yeah, so let, let's talk about that matchup this week with Jordan Iwanis. And we've, we've talked with everyone that's come on the podcast recently about maybe if they have a rival within CMB. And I think it, there is a known rival, a rivalry between you and Jordan Iwanis. And Rish, what is that rivalry? What does it date back to? And how, uh, how much are you looking forward to this matchup this week? There is an unspoken curse that we have not talked about. And I hate to pull up this name again on this podcast, but there's a reason why I have such a hatred towards Jacob. And that hatred is a long time ago when Brett Favre was playing on a Monday night football game. Uh, I had the great Tom Brady, and I, I was up above him about 50-something points. And I talked so much trash about beating him and how bad I beat him. And somehow on Monday night football, he came back to beat me. This was back, like I said, when Brett Favre was playing football. Uh, throwing to Greg Jennings. That was how long ago it's been in the league. I have not beat Jake ever in fantasy football. I, I just need that to be on the record. And uh, that started on the curse of Brett Favre. So he would be my fantasy rival for sure. So just you're, when you say Jacob, you're referring to Jake Standifer. Yes, my Jacob. Okay. You're Jacob. So, so no rivalry with Jordan Iwanis, and it just it seems like maybe there's a friend a friendly rivalry there with your week coming. Uh, uh, definitely not friendly. Uh, you know, he's a little bit liberal for my taste. Um, <laughs> poor handshaker, and um, you know, we all know how bad he hates Christmas. Anyways, he loves Starbucks, and you know, he's just not uh, he's not conservative enough for my taste. So, looking at this matchup, though, all seriousness here. It looks like this could be another win for Rish. I mean, or for Dragon Energy, I should say. You know, we don't we don't base everything on the Yahoo projections, but right now you're currently picked to win by about 45 points. And granted, Jordan has right. not put Carson. Like, like I said, it's it's bye week for Dragon Energy. You know, this right. is a good time for me to to rest up. Uh, you know, the the unfortunate you know injury to Joe Mixon. You know, this is this is a good resting week for my team to prepare for the the next week. So, Rich, though, looking at your, at your roster, who, who do you like sitting there in your week three lineup to beat Jordan? Who, who's going to have some big performances that will give you the win during your bye week this week? Um, I mean, really, it doesn't take much uh, to beat Jordan's team this year. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I guess any of them. Um, I could probably start some of my bench guys, give my guest starters a rest, but this is an easy W. Um, you know, as far as – matchups I got good matchups this week I think it's going to be uh, something I can really run the score up and really help my my rankings one thing you mentioned there at the top is that you should not be surprised or you're not surprised that Rish is sitting there in first place I'll tell you some people that were surprised though is pretty much everybody in the league as uh, the results of the league pick them so if you look back weeks one through two Rish I just want to give you this as uh, some fuel for the fire weeks one through two 25 picks were not in your favor. So 25 times people picked Rish to lose and only 10 times shame, shame, people, shame. people picked you to win. 25 to 10 lose to win ratio, yet you're 2-0. and I, I think that we forget. We have such short memory last year that the great liberal progressive team started out 4-0. Uh, I, I sort of had a great start. One issue I had last year, as you all know, was depth this year. I've corrected the problem, and it looks like we're going to be seeing lots of W's for Team Rich. 
Rich, I will. I have one question, and I, I never thought I would ask someone on this podcast a question about kickers, but it looks like in your starting lineup, you have swapped out Ryan Suckup for uh, the famous, the infamous, I should say, kicker within this league, Brandon McManus. What went behind the decision there? And I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm afraid you might have cursed your team. <laughs> it's only a temporary thing. Kickers to me are interchangeable. And uh, it, it, it's not long-term. I really like the matchup, and it ended up paying off. I made two changes before I played. Uh, IDP still sucked. And those two changes were uh, changing my defense. I picked the Jets to come in, and then I picked over to Tennessee. And then also I chose the new kicker as well. It was all strategy. I had to beat Team IDP. Two of the teams, that, you know, uh, there's a few teams I worry about. Chase's team, I worry, you know, a lot of these teams I'm really worried about playing, especially Zach's team. But – uh, Greg and IDPs were teams that uh, I really worried about. So getting over those two the first of the year, I feel pretty good about. Should be smooth sailing from here. Zach, what do you think about – and appreciate that, Rish, since I have you later in the season. Zach, what do you think about Brandon McManus? you think Rish is cursed? <laughs> Wait, does Rish have McManus? Yeah, he signed them before last week. Oh, no, Rish, you've done a great thing. You've done a great thing. I, I think it's going to be a temporary thing. You know, it just depends on what the matchup is. It, it's definitely interchangeable. But also on this podcast, I really need to bring out the fact that A.J. Green is on the trade block, and I am still asking for everyone's best offer forward. I would like to see it. So, Rich, send it to me, your best w- offer. When you do this, are you taking all of our offers and then telling everybody what our offers are? And then it's like the highest. I will simply choose the best. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did this last year. And if you, I don't know if you remember this. I made a very, very uh, huge trade last year with IDP still suck, and we made a very large trade uh, where I, I think I obtained Hopkins last year, and I traded them quite a few players away. Wow. So um, I do mean it. I will pick the team that, that sends the best offer if it's fair. It sounds like Rish is running this, this team. The 2018 uh, Ryan Risher-led Dragon Energy, they're being run by a, uh, by a realtor, it sounds like. <laughs> all right zach anything for rich before we part ways here don't don't not run your team without me that's so, right so is aj green the only guy on the trade block for uh dragon energy right now anybody else anyone is tradable anyone, anyone is tradable what are, what are you looking there's for? always the right price what are you looking for and i will tell you this i do not overvalue anyone anyone is movable if you send me the right thing i'll take it <laughs> you offer financing yes okay 36 years, famous cash. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Rich, really appreciate you coming on, man. Best of luck. Keep the success up. It's kind of like, you know, when the Yankees are good in baseball and the Cowboys are good in the NFL, it's like it's fun when Rich is good at fantasy football. So appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. (laughs) Anytime. You're welcome. Have a great evening. All right, Zach, before we make our picks, what did you think of our conversation just now with Rich? Uh, That was hilarious. And the the line about the relationship with Jake's mom – that was my favorite. Um, Same. But, yeah, that was entertaining as, as always. Yeah, I, I, you know, I did not expect anything less from Rish. Kept me laughing. And I, I don't – I'll never understand this, like, faux rivalry with Jordan because I think they're very similar. And so I have this one called the conservative death match. Uh, yeah. This is the two, the two probably the most conservative guys in the league and the two most outspokenly political guys, I would say, too, in the league. And uh, so this one is the conservative death match. I'm picking Dragon Energy, and I'll, I'll tell you why here. So 
I don't expect Carson Wentz to be 2017 Carson Wentz right away. He's back in the starting lineup for Philadelphia and for Jordan, of course. Uh, and then for Rich, too, I like Pierre Garçon's matchup at home this week against Kansas City. And they, again, like I mentioned, one of the worst secondaries in football right now. And Garçon is the go-to wideout without Marquise Goodwin. So uh, Dragon Energy gets the win and stays in first place. Yeah, I'm giving us Dragon Energy on this one. Um, I want to know, have you taken part in this uh, this trade offering, this trade sale that's going on right now with Rish? No, I, I did. I, I kind of went around the merry-go-round last year in the trade talk with Rish, and I think some of us in the league kind of did some back-channeling, and we figured out kind of what the deal is in trading with Rish, what kind of goes on there. Um, so who knows? I, I may hop back on the merry-go-round this year. I, might, I may take a flyer on it. It does not sound like he – he mentioned on the call that he's open to trading anyone. Yeah. But he's mentioned, he's mentioned A.J. Green multiple times. Yeah. Right after he had a huge game, he, he offered, you know, after he had that great game, I was just like, I, I would assume the price is too high. Right. Uh, we try to go for somebody, you know, he said if the price is right, he'll take it. Um, and we went after one of his other pl- players, but there was, you know, nothing, nothing really happened. No counters, nothing. So uh, no, no luck at the uh, Risher Realty sale. We'll have to save this talk for the uh, the trade summit, if you will. Our, our next, uh, yeah, our next our next trade discussion here. Uh, but those were our picks of the week, Zach. I know we, sometimes we try and uh, give each other hot takes and pick different people here, but uh, you know sometimes when you just you know who's going to win, you pick them. That's right. And we did not pick them very well. Moving on here, nice little segue, but uh, awful pick them from you and I last week in our first DFS uh, lineup. We finished fifth of sixth in the Balls Deep uh, contest in DraftKings. Zach, I don't know where we went wrong here. Um, you know, you mentioned Antonio Brown not really being up to speed so far. Uh, finished with about 15 points, so not the AB we're used to, but Jamison Crowder only got us five and a half points, and Alex Smith really let us down with only 13. So hopefully we'll do a little better this week. Let's hope so. We're running out of money. Yeah, so to, to save some time here and be a little bit more professional, Zach and I set our lineup already, so no worries about us fumbling around trying to build a lineup and budget you know, live on the podcast. Uh, so, Zach, let's just go through our lineup real quickly here, position by position, and uh, we'll, we'll start at the quarterback. I, I'm sticking with my guy, Zach. Actually, I have two guys for my team. No, I have, we have three players on our DFS lineup that are on pace in your face. I don't know if you realize that ahead of time. Oh, I did not. Let's go through the three, though. At quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who Fitzmagic is still alive and well, as we heard last week from uh, Dirk Cutter, head coach of the Bucks. So we have, we have Fitzmagic at quarterback, and then Giovanni Bernard, who is kind of a cheap option there at running back, playing against Carolina, getting you know pretty much all of the carries. And then our big you know money guy of the week, Alvin Kamara, against Atlanta. We mentioned all the guys out of Atlanta's defense, so we like Kamara there. And then Chris Godwin, the receiver for the Bucks. He's the number three receiver now. He was kind of our low-budget guy that we were just going to take a flyer on, and uh, we like his matchup against Tampa Bay. Zach, this one was your idea here, but we went with Terrell Pryor as our second receiver. Um, Zach called this a revenge game against his old team, against the Browns, so 
taking a chance there on Terrell Pryor. He was super cheap. He was, he was, I mean, dirt cheap. So, I mean, might as well. Exactly. And our most expensive receiver here, not that expensive, but jo- um, Juju Smith-Schuster oh. at receiver. Uh, Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers uh, playing the Bucks in what I, I think is just going to be a shootout. So, um, those are our receivers. Like Zach just mentioned, Greg Kittle. Is it Greg Kittle? George Kittle. I really don't know. I just know Kittle. <laughs> one of those one of those white guy names. George Kittle, tight end for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who, you know, could have a big week against Kansas City. And then our flex guy here is Kareem Hunt, who has disappointed me through two weeks, but could have a bounce back week against the Niners. And then this may be a homer pick here, but the uh, defense special teams is uh, the, the Tennessee Titans against the Jags. And, Zach, I think this could work out. I mean, I don't expect it to happen three weeks in a row, but the Titans have a special teams touchdown through the first two weeks. Let's hope so. So that is our lineup. We will share that in the Facebook group and on Twitter like we did this past week. Again, lineup is subject to change. Zach, I feel like this episode has gone by quickly here. Um, but let's move to our last segment of the week and go through, uh, through some Twitter. Tweet of the Week. Zach, fingers crossed that you have a tweet of the week. Do you have one? I have multiple tweets of the week. Wow. All right. Let's hear them. These are all just just stats. Um, this one is Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick have combined to throw 1,401 yards, 18 touchdowns, and one interception through two weeks. It's incredible. The other one is Ryan Fitzpatrick, 72.3 fantasy points are the most through two games, um, two team games by any player in the last 15 seasons. Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then my last one is uh, from McLovin on the, the Dan Patrick show. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick on, and he said, quote, no one knows what Saved by the Bell is. Talking, <laughs> talking about his teammates, and they have no idea what happened before two, the year 2000. So, my, my favorite Ryan Fitzpatrick story, and I've told this a few times over the last couple of weeks since he's just been going off, was the year he was with the Titans, 2013, you know, of course, he started most of that season and, and um, you know, with Jake Locker being just injured pretty much his entire career. But Fitzmagic started most of that 2013 season, played pretty well. I mean, he, he always gets one good year at least once with every team he's been on. And I remember during training camp that year, everyone thought Jake Locker would be the starter and Fitzmagic would be the backup. And I went to the training camp with, with one of my friends and we're standing in line getting autographs and I have this football that I'm passing around and I'm getting autographs of all the Titans players. And Kenny Britt was always such a loser in that he was just acting like he had, he didn't want anything to do with fans was always late to fan events. And just, I don't know. I just was very put off by that whole engagement. And I remember he took the football from me and he just kind of like took a Sharpie and just like moved his hand around like, like Helen Keller. And <laughs> I just the one of the worst autographs I've ever seen. I still have the football, and after he after he signed the football, I handed it to Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic himself. Couldn't have been nicer. And he looks at it, he looks at my football, and he says, "Whose signature is that?" And I said, "I said that's uh, Kenny Britt's." And he goes, "Man, that sucks." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So he was he was always a funny guy. Um, I saw another stat, and this isn't my tweet of the week, but I saw another stat about Fitzpatrick, and it said that he is the first quarterback to go two weeks in a row of 400 passing yards and four touchdowns 
since Billy Volick. What? <laughs> is that not amazing? Yeah. Um, so my tweet of the week, though, also football related, nothing uh, humorous here. And this is from at FG underscore Dolan. Joe Dolan on Twitter says, Corey Davis has seen 20 targets through two games. The Titans' other wide receivers have a combined 14 total through two weeks. I just thought that was insane. Like, if you watch the last two – if you watch the last two Titans games – Say that again. Corey Davis has seen 20 targets through two games. Other Titans receivers combined for 14. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I've, I've been to the first two Titans games. I've seen them in person. I would have not suspected Corey Davis had that many targets because he just seems so quiet out there. Yeah, that was a good stiff arm he had. I saw that. Uh, how yeah, that was pretty great. So, uh, Zach, any parting words before we part ways? Nope. No parting words. Good luck in week three. The, Best uh, of luck, everybody. Bye week warning. It's coming up. Absolutely. Bye week coming up. Week four, the first bye week, I believe. And uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see. This is the last week we have guaranteed Fitzmagic. Uh, Jameis Winston comes back from suspension in week four. So we will see what the Bucks decide to do there. Zach, I will talk to you next week. That's a W. That's E1.